On this episode of Paddock Talk, brought to you by Around the Outside, Ian talks the major changes going down at Alpha Towery and Formula One might be loosening their regulations with the cost cap. Thank you all so much for tuning in and enjoy the show. You're listening to Around the Outside, the American Formula One podcast with your hosts, Ian Shea and Mike DuPont. This is Ian Shea, and welcome back to Paddock Talk. It's in the news. Franz Tost, he is out of Formula One at the end of the 2023. His 18-year tenure with Toro Rosso Alpha Tauri, the Red Bull sister team, has come to a close. I wish we could say it was a surprise, but it is not a surprise. In the media, it's being played off as Franz is 67 years old and he didn't want to be in the grid when he was 70. Well, it makes sense. Why not get a retirement early? You've been doing this for 18 years and you probably have enough money to retire early. You probably could have retired 10 years ago and been just fine. However, the comments by Dr. Helmut Marco all season long, are why I do not believe that it is because of his age and it being a perfect time for him to leave. I think he is being forced out. I think he's being forced out because Franz wanted to be on the grid until he was 70. He had two, three more seasons left in him, and if you know anything about that man, he is driven, calculated, and wants to win. He wanted to stay, but I believe that he was forced out His comments with the trust in his engineers not being there anymore removes any backing for people wanting him to stay at AlphaTauri on his team side. Like I said before, why would you want to work with somebody who says they're not going to believe you when what you're telling them, even though that's the truth? That has to be mind-bendingly infuriating to be looking at someone with the hard, actual, scientific data, and they're saying, no, this is wrong. I also think that he was losing the backing of upper management at Red Bull and the board of directors because of the performance expectations put on him that have not been met. This team is expecting to be in, or expected to be, in P5. I think right now they have like one couple points. I can't remember. I didn't look that up. I'm sorry, guys, before that. But we all know that they aren't P5 and they aren't looking like P5 material. Is this expectation put on Franz by the Red Bull management a bit unfair? I would say so. But in their defense, Marco admitted to AlphaTauri costing just as much as Red Bull Racing, a top team. So you kind of do have to look at the team principle and wonder where they are deploying the funds. Because if you have the similar budget to a top team, you would expect that the vehicle should match up with the standings and the points. And it's not. So there is somewhere 
for them to think that it is the management, not the funds. And I agree with that. I really do agree with that. And I also think that at 18 years, you are going to be burnt out. And with this new evolution of vehicle and the pace in which Formula One is growing, maybe it's just getting a little bit too much for Franz, or he's just not as committed anymore as he was to the sport. There must be some more intricacies involved during this evolution in vehicle than there ever has been before, and he's being caught up in the minutia. What to expect from Franz for the rest of this season? I think that we're going to be seeing him lay uh, the framework or the foundation for his replacement, Laurent Mekies, M-E-K-I-E-S. For our French listeners, I apologize if I have just butchered that name. If you would like to help me with pronunciation, s'il vous plaît, that would be very appreciated. Laurent comes to us from Ferrari as the sporting director, which I learned today. I thought that dude was always a strategist, but nope. He knows how to work with the FIA at a top team, and he also has experience with Toro Rosso during their minority days. It'll be cool to see him go back home, and I think with his position in Ferrari, it has set him up for success as a team principal. The team principal change is not the only one occurring at AlphaTauri. They are getting a new CEO, the ex-FIA executive director, Peter Bayer. Peter is going to be overseeing operations in Italy and the UK and the overall strategic direction of Alpha Tauri. They are poising themselves for a stronger 2024 on the organizational side. Now, I think it's going to come down to Yuki and Nick to make sure that those two have their own seats next season. If you're willing to remove upper the top management for the progression of your team, what's going to stop them from looking at a driver and saying, we're giving you the vehicle, you're not performing, you're out. I think this is a move for a strategic move, a good move for Alpha Tauri in the long term. I think in the short term, there's still a lot of pressure being applied, maybe even more so now, to Nick and Yuki by Red Bull management. And there is going to be an intense team rivalry, rivalry, I think, brewing this season because of the changes that have happened today. We have been on Alpha Tauri all season. I don't expect to stop re- researching them and looking them up because they are going to be a point of highlight, I believe ongoing. Formula One has changed some regulations. Most notably, you can have a extra PU, ERS system, electronic systems, turbos, all those things. Just one more. Mike and I have talked about this and we've kind of come to a similarity of where we think that the PU and extra parts limits should lie throughout a season. I still believe that four is too little. I think that they are moving in the right direction, and I'm happy to see Formula One accepting the fact that they need to increase parts limits in order to keep competitiveness alive in the sport. I think that we get excited when we see a grid penalty for a top team because we watch a charge through the field, and it's great entertainment, but it's still a very fast car going up against an extremely fast car. 
you're going to have people breeze by each other like Max did over George this year. Maybe one more, two more would be a better increase. And then that way, grid penalties won't be so common. And we could see maybe a team run an engine harder and longer for a race or two more, which will benefit us as the viewers because there will be unexpected fights on that end, given the fact they have more mechanical allowance. I don't know. The FIA has started to talk to, or as far as regulations continue, I don't know if they're 100% worked out yet, but there was an initiative spearheaded by Williams to exclude cost cap regulations on infrastructure at a facility. Last week, I talked about how the cost cap was going to kneecap Williams and James Vowles because they can only allocate X amount of funds to what project they can. And they want more breathing room so they can bring updates to their facilities that are desperately needed that wouldn't be allowed for because of the cost cap. I think it's very ironic that they have asked for or teams have asked for a cost cap to make it more competitive and then have said, hey, wait, I actually need more money than what you're allowing, but I want to label it as doing this. We're going to see a lot of cost cap regulation changes. I don't think that the number, the decrease in cost cap is going to stick. I don't see how with the way the world goes in an economical standpoint. I mean, a dollar today is worth less than is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. How are you going to be able to decrease a cost cap and expect the same amount of performance and progression in these cars. I think we need to have a set number that maybe slightly increases, but then you have a, full, a limit, a ceiling to it that can, it can never be passed, and then you work within those two. Let's see what happens for Williams. I hope that they get their cost cap exclusion because I hope that they update their sorely, sorely needed updates, or they get their sorely needed updates over at their facilities. That's it for today's paddock talk. Uh, we're in Baku this weekend, and Mike and I are really looking forward to it. We hope you guys are looking forward to it. We're going to do something a little special, too. I'll post about it on Instagram, so stay tuned for that. I mean, Other than that, guys, thank you so much for listening. It's been a sincere pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to me. If you want more Formula One content or you want to see clips from our other shows, please feel free to head on over to Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ATO underscore USF1. We also stream full shows and show clips on YouTube at ATO US underscore ATO underscore USF1. Sorry. (laughs) Well, guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love Formula One. We love sharing it with you. And we'll talk to you later. Gracias, obrigado, merci, dankeschön, cheers.